Inspired By, a podcast brought to you by Six. Hello, I'm Hannah Wise, and this is Inspired By. In this podcast series, I invite experts from Six and other representatives from the Financial Centre to talk about their inspirations. And in this edition, I'm delighted to welcome Alexander Verbeck, Head of Cash Ecosystems at Six. Welcome to you, Alexander. Hello, Hannah. Thank you for this podcast and thank you, everyone, for listening. Well, listen, you are Head of Cash Ecosystems at Six. So this is all about cash, physical money. But forgive me then, I didn't think anyone used cash anymore. <laughs> I guess in Switzerland, uh, we have still an intense love of cash and the cash is very important to express freedom. However, we see that the use of cash for everyday payments is declining since 2015. And uh, by that now we have a little bit uh, the discussion about what is the importance of cash and why this is still used and by whom. So what is SIX doing then for ATMs in the future? Uh, currently, the ATMs are owned by the banks and run by the banks, and they are fully responsible for them. And uh, SIX is only do, uh, helping them to run them. Uh, we are doing contracts with suppliers for them, which they can use. We are doing the transaction processing, the acquiring. And if you see in other countries, like in the Nordics, uh, also in Holland, Belgium, Brazil, um, quite a lot of banks are now starting to outsource the operations to an independent ATM company so that uh, you can consolidate the operation of an ATM under a neutral brand. And by that, you can really um, gain economy of scale. And uh, that is what is probably also discussed in Switzerland and uh, might be an option for the future. But it sounds to me like setting this kind of thing up will need a lot of time. Uh, of course, it will take quite a long time to, to change that. And um, if you see in the other countries, it's not a one, two, three years journey. It's quite a long time uh, to transfer such an ecosystem into a new way of um, bring benefits to all the different parties. Um, we also need customers to adapt their behavior when it comes to ATMs. So it's not going to be a sprint and you have to pardon my pun here. Um, and I, I would like you to introduce to us your inspiration today. You chose a Swiss triathlete. Tell us who she is and, and why she's your inspiration. My inspiration is Daniela Rief. Um, as she is one of the best uh, triathletes in the world. And even if I'm not doing actively triathlon any longer, the sport is still a source of inspiration and a mental support in challenging situations. And to come <laughs> to a good uh, solution for the Swiss people, that is very important to all the time think how you can do something better, how you can uh, have the strength even to overcome uh, problems and so on. All right. So you mentioned there that you're a bit in an, of an athlete yourself. Did you actually do triathlons? Yeah, I did. I did it quite long, uh, but uh, I stopped uh, in the last uh, 
uh, century, so it's quite a long time ago again. <laughs> when you say <laughs> but... like that, it sounds like a long time ago, but come on, that wasn't so long ago. Um, and, and what kind of, so you don't still train then? I still train, but uh, not for competitions any longer. So it's more for me fun also to um, to get a little bit uh, refresh uh, of my mind, to think about uh, things and also to, to have fun with friends. Mm-hmm. And and how far did you get, if I can ask, last century last <laughs> when century. you were competing? <laughs> yeah. uh, so um, I never met it to the to the top positions. Uh, I rather ranked uh, amongst the top ten uh, or the top ten percent. So uh, it was quite an uh, intense time. It was fun, uh, but I was never one uh, uh, of the top uh, triathletes. Do you know Daniela herself? No, I never met her. You never met her. But so why does she inspire you? Obviously, there's a lot of parallels, you know, with going the distance and, and you know, really kind of the endurance side of things with tri- triathlons and what you're doing at six. But why does she inspire you particularly? So she is one of the really first ones who really made a living out of the sports uh, when i was doing it and quite a lot a lot of my friends uh, who were doing it on a professional basis uh, they had all the time problems to make a living out of it because it was not a sport uh, which was well paid uh, where you got a lot of uh, um, prize money or whatsoever mm-hmm. and she changed everything she uh, looked at so? it in a different way and uh, find good sponsors. Uh, we're looking at how to position it and how to do it in a way uh, that she could do, uh, could make a living out of it. And uh, that is really inspiring for me. And also that she overcome every obstacle, even if she was, uh, even if she had an injury, uh, she was coming back, uh, she was all the time positive about what to do. And, you know, she's she's the, the holder of the Ironman World Championships of 2015, 2016, 2017 and 2018. I mean, she's got some incredible um, accolades to her name. But um, how exactly does she make a living out of it? Uh, during the time when I was doing trials, and a lot of my friends uh, were just selling their, tri- uh, their, their training plans to others and trying to make a living out of that. And that is quite common among those uh, uh, who were very uh, good during that time. And Daniela really changed it by uh, the way of really creating a, an ecosystem around her and uh, getting uh, sponsors for what she's doing, making a story out of it, telling uh, her story, uh, believing in what she's doing and uh, really creating um, an environment where she is supported for doing her sports and be, being such a special person. Okay, so she managed to uh, turn running triathlons or or doing triathlons, because obviously it's not just running, um, into a viable business. Is that what you hope to achieve then with ATM systems in in Switzerland? 
Uh, it is still a uh, um, good business for quite a lot of companies, but with the declining numbers and uh, the declining usage, we need to think about how we can transfer it and keep it a good business for uh, for the companies, keep it a good service for, for the people, and how to fit that into the uh, everyday living of the people and into the value chain of uh, our banks, which are our customers. Okay, so you mentioned a little bit about the the ATM scene in Switzerland a little bit earlier, but I find it really fascinating when you kind of break down the the facts and figures. How many ATMs are there in Switzerland now? Uh, currently, we have around 7,000 ATMs in Switzerland. Um, and when I started to work in this area, we had quite a lot of ATMs, uh, which were doing more than 100,000 transactions per year, and some even up to 180,000 transactions per year. And since COVID, uh, the average number of transactions came down to 20,000 transactions per year, and we do not see any ATM who is doing more than 100,000 transactions per year. So it's a strong decline we see uh, in the usage of this infrastructure. Therefore, we conducted a study uh, how many ATMs would be useful in Switzerland to cover the current need. And we saw that only 2,200 ATMs would be necessary to cover the current need in Switzerland so that everyone has good access to cash, even in rural areas. And the interesting point is that we found out that quite a lot of um, communities would get a new ATM because currently they had to cover a long distance to get to an ATM. And now the question is, why do we have so many ATMs which are not used? And how can we use this infrastructure in a better way or spend less money so that the bank still provides a service for their clients? So let's look at the road ahead then. Um, you know, as, as Danielle is training for her triathlons um, and you're training for, for a more efficient system, how long until we have that? For Switzerland? Oh, that's a really good question. <laughs> and uh, I guess it's uh, like when you start uh, um, uh, triathlon training, you do not know exactly when you're ready if you do it for the first time. So you will start and you will work on the different uh, disciplines. Uh, you will work on the shift between the different disciplines. Uh, so um, swimming, running, combine those two, learn how to change between those two. So where do you have to put your equipment, how to range it and all that stuff. And it's the same for the journey with the ATMs because uh, we have in every city uh, a different situation. Uh, you have different banks there. Uh, the, the need is a little bit different. So we need to come into a discussion with uh, quite a lot of different uh, institutions how to transfer that and also to consider that not everyone is having the same picture for the future. And therefore, we also try to form a picture of the future where we invite people to discuss with us, with us how do they see the, uh, the future. We bring in insights from the countries uh, where this journey already started. So just like any athlete, you're not going to say kind of what your estimated time will be <laughs> for, to achieve this. So Alexander, I joked in the beginning, but do you see a long future ahead for cash in our pockets? 
I believe in Switzerland we will not see an end of uh, cash. Um, if you look at the new study of the Swiss payment monitor, there are only 10% of the people who do not carry cash with them. And um, most of the people really like to have cash for the special situations like uh, giving a tip or if they are uh, hiking in the mountains to pay at uh, at a hut or whatsoever. So their cash is quite popular and also for uh, situations uh, where you probably do not have uh, a terminal available or whatsoever or if you are uh, paying for a drink, uh, that's quite common to have some cash in your purse. So I believe cash is here to stay. And um, the only thing which will change is the frequency, how often cash is used in the future. And I suppose, uh, just speaking from my own kind of personal experience, what I need is all the, the 50 wrap-ins and the, the one franc coins for parking meters. And as you say, for, for leaving tips and things like that, I have less of a reliance on actual notes anymore yeah there you see a trend with uh, the new technologies like twinned and uh, near field communication where you only tap uh, the uh, the terminal that especially coins are not used as much as in the past so um, there you have a change uh, moving away from from the coins and people are rather holding uh, bills as ah, this uh, okay. uh, last uh, option if something <laughs> is necessary to give away. So it's not any longer that strong that uh, you have coins in your purse. I rather know a lot of people who are, do not carry coins, but only one or two bills, like 10, 20 or 50 Swiss mm -hmm. francs. Mm -hmm. And how much do you have in your wallet? Currently. <laughs> uh, <laughs> typically, I have 20 and 10 uh, Swiss francs bill in it and uh, five Swiss francs uh, coin because uh, I need it when I'm going swimming ah, <laughs> to put my clothes yeah, this away. Is the thing. This is the thing. This is, these are the tiny things that you never think about that you always suddenly need yeah. cash for. That's what I was trying to say about parking meters. I always get stuck in parking meters and don't have any cash for them to get out anyway. But on the other side, you really have another need for cash because it's a store value and that is quite important for the Swiss people. So quite a lot of Swiss people do hold cash, not in the purse, but at home. Oh, you mean not like stuffed under the bed, as they say? Exactly, exactly. Well, <laughs> that is worth it. But uh, quite a lot of people are doing it in, uh, in a safe box or whatsoever and uh, keep it for... Uh, quite a long of time. So the hardening rate of uh, Swiss francs is quite high. Wow. Maybe I, I see I don't do that at all, but maybe maybe I should. I don't know. OK, let me let me ask you then. You haven't met Daniela yet, but if you could, what would you ask? Her? I would love to discuss with her about uh, the way of how triathlon has changed in the last years, uh, especially with the COVID pandemic, because uh, during that period of time, it was difficult to work out, to really train. Um, there were no competitions. And I believe it has a strong impact on the professional side for the professional triathletes, as well as on uh, the um, normal people who are just doing it for fun. Thank you, Alexander Verbeck. It was a pleasure speaking with you today. Thank you, Hannah, for the interesting interview and uh, for the good questions about the cash ecosystem. 
Thank you very much. And thank you also to our audience today for joining us for this episode of the Six Podcast. And until next time, stay inspired. And you can hear more about inspiring leaders by downloading the Six Podcast series, available wherever you get your podcasts. Thank you.